You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Is listening to this kick-ass podcast the only time you get to yourself each week? Self-care is a daily need, so you can truly show up as your best self. Asking for a hand with endless to-do lists is part of that. When you sign up with Phoenix Pre-Worn, you get a curated zero-waste wardrobe of your child's favorite things every season. Everything matches and fits perfectly, so your child feels confident, comfortable, and ready to take on the day. Imagine setting your preferences and ending the hassle of returns, storage, and wondering what to put on in the morning. Visit www.phoenixpreworn to place your order and get an instant consultation to make getting dressed effortless each day. Listeners get 20% off with promo code HelloHalo until August 31st, and 10% of all proceeds will go back to Project Halo. Phoenix Preworn. It's kids' clothing done for good. Good. Okay. Welcome. This is Alana Capitz and welcome to our podcast, the Mom Halo uh, series. And we are super excited to have Jenny Khazan here today. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Alana. Nice to have you. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. Jenny, I just want everyone to know that you and I know each other from like many, many moons ago. And it's so happy to have you in our community um, through like a completely new intersection. So welcome. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm loving this new intersection. Uh, Me too. Okay. So tell us a little bit about you, Jenny Khazan, who you are, what you do, where you're from. Okay. So a little bit about me. I am, uh, I'm from Toronto. I'm, I'm founder of a new company uh, that I started a year ago called Cam and Leo's Emotion School. Um, which is a, uh, it's essentially education for parents to do with their kids that teach, teaches core emotional competencies. Um, so yes, we, we sort of, uh, my, my background, you know, professionally, well, first, maybe my background as a mom is that I'm a mom of three kids. That's where the idea for the company came, uh, from my own kids and my own family, uh, so I'm a mom of an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 4-year-old who are awesome little people, uh, but have very, very big emotions, uh, as do their parents, <laughs> and, and struggle to, to control them. So um, I created this the company out of that experience with my own family. Let's talk about emotions. Um, I'm really curious because I, I want to understand from you why this matters. I know we, we have a lot of people who care about kids, intellectual growth, about their, um, I want to say physical growth, about their sleep patterns, but we don't really hear a lot about emotional health. Can you give us a high level? Like what, why does this matter? What is emotional intelligence, if you will? Well, I really think that the, that emotions are really the 
and being able to control them and understand them is, or maybe not in that order, maybe maybe understand them and control them is really the the precursor to success in all areas of life. So both, you know, professional as an adult, um, academic as a kid, you know, you, you can't really perform well academically or, or be, um, in your best headspace to enjoy academically if you are if your emotions are misplaced and if you're doing things sort of from a place of pressure or fear or anxiety um so emotions really i i believe are are the the key to success in all areas of life interpersonal professional academic all of those areas i think it's really the linchpin i love that tell me a bit about then your experience with your kids we know that kids have big emotions. We know that often, you know, parents enter parenthood and their emotions change. Um, you know, hormonally kids change and your kids are, you know, uh, at a very interesting time in their life where I'm sure emotions are really playing um, in center stage. Um, when we see these things happen, emotions come up. I am curious to know from your experience, like, how does that manifest? Like, how does an emotion manifest in your life? for your kids? So I think that our, our entire family was really engaged in a, in a very um, emotionally um, reactive dynamic, uh, let's say. So uh, like there, there's a lot of, there was a lot of fighting. There was, this is pre Cam and Leo's emotion school, uh, bear in mind, because they've been on this journey with me for the last couple of years. Um, and we've really come to a very, very different and much more emotionally functioning place over the last few years that we've really, you know, done this intentional work. But, um, but I would say that, you know, it's, it's, we, we're engaged in a dynamic. So, you know, one person would poke another and they would react. And there was this cycle of constant reaction going on in our house where conflicts were not being resolved properly, where people were provoking other people and getting provoked by other people. And there was, it's just seemed to be always out of control. Like the, the whole household seemed to be out of control. And by the way, the same was true as much as kids have big emotions, adults do too. And if, if you get to adulthood and you, you still haven't, haven't gotten a grasp on your own emotions, it's very, very challenging to impart those, those capabilities, which you don't have to onto your kids. You can't. So, um, so really our house was just running on high at all times. I felt like high tension, high conflict, lots of, you know, lots of big emotions going on all at the same time and nothing was being resolved. Um, so as a parent, I always felt this need to escape. Like I always needed a break. I always wanted to get away. And that sucked because I felt horribly guilty about that. And I didn't, I, I wanted to stop it. I wanted to create the kind of family that I didn't feel the need to run away from. Um, <laughs> that is the quotable quote right there. I want to create a family. <laughs> it's so relatable, Jenny. I mean, really, that's, to me, that's the crux of what you're doing, right? The the school is here to teach kids about emotions and how to regulate them. Um, and emotions come with, you know, EQ, which is, I guess, your emotional intelligence. And I know some kids just feel more than other kids. And some kids with those feelings, they don't know how to necessarily manage those feelings. Um, so I just want to talk about some, we, we've talked about this a bit, but you have five tips to stay calm and to carry on, which I love. Um, so let's go through the first one here, which is it's normal to not be calm. Tell me about that. 
Okay. So it's normal to not be calm. If you don't, if you like, I I feel like I encounter a whole bunch of advice all the time that is, you know, the parents should be the calm in the storm, that they should be the, you know, the, the quiet for their kids while their kids are freaking out. And the reality is, I think that if you don't have that skill, if you can't call on it, it's much, much easier said than done. So I, I empathize with parents who experience this, this, you know, fact that it's not, that it's not easy and it's normal and more common than not to not be calm. And just trying to be calm is really not enough. Um, you know, gaining real control over your emotions requires, you know, among other things, overriding your biology. Um, you know, we're not, we're not really programmed to be calm. Um, and we are programmed more, more frequently to react unless we had wonderful, emotionally aware parents. So it requires a lot of work and a little bit of unconscious rewiring in order to change those auto pilot habits. So I just, my point was, is really just to, to, to reassure parents that they shouldn't feel guilty about not being able to follow simple advice to get, to get to calm. Cause it's much more, it's much more complex than that. I love that. Do you need to go to your dog for a sec? We can, pause. I do. I'm so sorry. Can you hold okay. on one second? Yeah, yeah, she of course, she yeah. can't stand closed doors. Just yeah, that's okay. <laughs> okay. So the Cam and Leo's emotion school, Tell me who is this targeting? What does that manifest? How do you go to school for emotions? Okay, so Cam and Leo's Emotion School is our answer to a couple of things, to this situation that we're confronting where a lot of families are out of control emotionally and they, they we, this has only been amplified since, since COVID when we've all been stuck at home with our kids. Um, so it's, it's sort of in response to that and in response to what we see is really a mental health crisis, like a, me- a mental health accessibility crisis, I should say. Um, classic resources like therapy are very difficult to access right now. Um, there, there's a lot of hurdles. I mean, in addition to huge weight lines, it can be expensive for a lot of families, mine included. Um, so I really wanted to create, I wanted to create something and it, Cam and Leo's really was in response to that. We wanted to create an affordable um, intervention that would be as highly effective. It's not a replacement for therapy, but that it would be highly effective to, to change the family dynamic um, and to change the individuals functioning in the family. So Cam and Leo's is basically structured as a program that you do together with your family. So the family sits together for an hour a week. Um, they hit play on, there's a, there's a little bit of preparation. They need to, uh, download a PDF and do a little bit of pre-reading. It's not very long, um, and cut out some materials and prepare the materials, which is it, which live in a PDF that's print at home. Um, and they sit down together as a family one hour a week and press play on, on the video guide and go through the lesson. Um, each lesson consists of a sort of share period where everyone gets into the habit of sharing their emotions, mm-hmm. uh, where, the, where they're at and why they think they're where they are. Um, and then they learn something. These are like really big and complex topics. The, the program content itself is based on the core principles of um, psychoanalysis, so psychoanalytic therapy. Um, so these are big concepts that you won't just hear anywhere. They're, they're, they're pretty, we, we do the deep dive into the unconscious eventually uh, throughout the course of the program. Um, so 
uh, and then there's a play segment. So everyone gets together and plays a game that's meant to hit home the new knowledge that they've just acquired. And, and then there's a talk period with lead discussion questions. Um, and we really encourage families to only do one lesson a week. This is really intense. Um, there's, there's a lot of content uh, that goes into them. And we really, it takes time to percolate. It really does. And to, to see where those phenomenon are happening in their lives and to apply them to themselves. So it really, we need time to absorb. So that's it. We sit together for, for this hour a week. Um, and we, what we find is that it actually creates a really nice, uh, a really nice family routine that kids end up really looking forward to because you know, it's really intentional time that you spend learning something together with your kids that's, that is constructive. And it's, it's sort of like game night from the 1980s, which is what I used to enjoy when I was a kid, you know, this intentional time with your parents. Um, so kids really do value it uh, at, the, at the end of the day. And it's, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I love it. That's so smart. I love everything about it. <laughs> I think that there's so much, there's so much to unpack. Um, you know, the intentionality of obviously spending like concrete time with your kids, having a learning moment, and then sort of taking that value and letting it like sort of integrate into your life, into your um, existence. I completely love it. Um, Okay, cool. Well, we are going to talk more about the actual physical product in a second. Um, Let's get to your next tip. You said, don't take your emotions at face value. Tell me about that. So oftentimes what happens when our, uh, you know, emotions are in charge of us is that they can trick us into tricky thinking. They can trick us into thinking that we're right about something and that this is really serious and that it's really important. And oftentimes, so I'll just break it down for you. Essentially, the program is built on these two characters, Cam and Leo. Um, Cam is, is like your amygdala. Um, so he's the emotional center where, you know, the center of your emotional responses, um, whereas Leo is, is, is more akin to your, is akin to your prefrontal cortex. So the whole rationale of the program is that these two entities need to be in balance and there's, there's a time for Cam and there's a time for Leo. And oftentimes when Cam is in charge, when Leo should be, um, your emotions can trick you into thinking, uh, and behaving and feeling in ways that uh, you know are are not productive in the situation and that don't fundamentally serve you. So while emotions can signal that something is wrong or that there's something important that needs to be addressed, they can also trick you into thinking that they're they're at the root of a rational thought process, and they never are. So, um, so it, much of the program is about learning to put emotions into their, into their rightful place. They do have a place, but it's not often where they end up. I love that. I, and I can see that myself. I find my husband and I are quite, we, uh, we emote differently. Um, and I see my kids also. And, um, I, sometimes it's scary how much I see, I see a few things now in 30 years old and my parents are in their seventies and my kids are all under five. So I'm sort of in this weird ecosystem where this, what you just said hit home for me, because I see how my parents sort of have their emotions, um, come on its face. If you know what I mean? Like I hate to say yeah. come on your face. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Like how they how they manifest different podcast entirely yeah, different podcast. 
how the emotions um, play. And now, a word from our Mom Halo podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? What if I told you that changing your underwear could change everything? Well, I have two questions for you. Have you tried period underwear yet? And when it comes to pros, are you still wearing ones with underwire? NYX is an intimate apparel company that is reinventing products for real life. Millions of people have switched to using revolutionary leak-proof underwear to protect against period and light bladder leaks, and even more are ditching their uncomfortable underwire bras for super supportive and super comfortable wireless bras. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order. Just go to nyx.ca and use promo code MOMHALO at checkout. That's K-N-I-X dot C-A. Promo code MOMHALO for 15% off your first order of life-changing wireless bras and leak-proof underwear from NYX. We are all searching for meaning and purpose in our lives. Here at Canadian Surrogacy Community, we strive to do just that. As a woman, you have the power to change the lives in one in six couples who experience infertility in Canada. You have the opportunity to help create families for those who cannot do it alone. We support families building families and are looking for empowered women to become surrogates or egg donors to make an impact on the many couples facing infertility. Did you know that having a child through egg donation and surrogacy is one of the only ways for a same-sex couple to start a family? Reach out now to learn more. So... My parents, I find, are emotional in a very specific way, and my kids are too. And I, in sort of sandwiched between them, and I've been thinking a lot about intergenerational stuff, I see so much of my own um, selves in my parents and how they are. Um, and they're both alive, and I see how they are now as sort of um, aging. Their vintage is changing. And then I also see so much of myself in my kids and how they are emotional. So I feel so much empathy for both my parents and my kids when I'm interacting with them, because I can feel it. I can, you can feel what they're going through. Yeah. Like I, because you know, them probably more than anything else. Now, my husband on the other, he's, he doesn't have that same empathetic um, piece for others. He himself is emotional and has big emotions. And, you know, as an adult, we're still talking about him coping with those emotions. And so do I, um, of course, as we all do, but you know, if there was a school I can go to somewhere to teach me how to be better management of emotions in my family, I wonder where I could, oh, Cam and Leo's emotional school. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, it's any really thoughts true. about I, that, about intergenerational yeah. things you learn and things you're teaching? Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. I love that, that you mentioned intergenerational because it really is a program. The intervention really is designed for the buck to stop here. Like, if we equip our kids, the next generation with these emotional capabilities, then they will be able to equip their children. And so any, you know, the, the dysfunctional kind of dynamics and stuff like that, that were, that were going on in our generation should end. Um, the big vision of Cam and Leo's emotion school is uh, an emotionally intelligent world, like a generation that is tapped in and that gets other people and that has empathy and that has these can call on these skill sets when they go to raise their kids can be patient. Um, so yeah, so that's, I love that you said that and intergenerational is exactly where we're at. That's it. I see my son sometimes, my five-year-old, and I'm like, I know exactly what he's thinking and feeling in that moment. I'm like, I see a five-year-old myself and him so 
much more than my other children. I think because he is five and I really have some formative memories from then that I'm like, oh my God, you are formulating your memories. You are, this is, we're building the foundation right now. Like, you know, and he really is such a kind, good kid um, and uberly generous. I wonder where he gets that from. And he's like so thoughtful. I wonder where he gets that from. So I, I see so much. And my parents are the same, like ultimate gifters, so emotional to the point where like, sometimes we just can't cope. So um, I get it. Okay, let's go on to the next one. We have... Uh, five tips to stay calm and carry on. Jenny Khazan, it's probably not an emergency. Okay. Tell me about de-escalation. Tell me about emergency emotion. Okay. So, so this is, I mean, look, it, it's an extension of this idea that you shouldn't take your emotions at face value. More often than not, we as parents and our children also get twigged emotionally about stuff that is just doesn't require that level of response. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking about like, my kid's not listening to me when I'm trying to get him to brush his teeth or do anything for that matter, get out the door, or this one's upset because the other one took a toy from him. Part of, you know, the awareness that we gain is, is that your emotions are getting kicked into emergency mode or your amygdala is getting kicked into emergency mode over really non-emergency things. Um, and this, this happens also between spouses, like, you know, my spouse, my ex-spouse used to leave the dishes in the sink. And I would say, uh, you know, and I would, it would twig in me an emotional response that was completely out of, out out of uh, proportion. So part of the work that we do is recalibrating our emotional responses for the situation at hand and gaining awareness of, you know, the proportion. I love it. I, I think to me, like, this is very much in line with some parenting strategies that I've been exploring recently. And for myself, the way that we've been checking in, and it's really new to me, but it's working. And that's what this reminds me of is sort of this, um, it's probably not an emergency, is like in those moments where things get heated or things feel problematic, um, we try to sort of de-escalate the emotions. And the way I've been doing that, and I think it's really interesting. I think my kids' cortisol levels are lowering. Like they seem less stressed. Um, And part of that less stress is that we're not yelling. We've yeah. sort of made like a no yelling, like the kids can't yell, we can't yell. So like maybe we raise our voice and then we bring it right back down. So like to get their attention, you know, Henry, and then we whisper what we want to say. So oh, by I love it. it. By literally saying, Henry, I need you to sit still right now. He's way more inclined to listen. And I'm finding the way that it's actually manifesting it. I'm not sure if this is like, has anything to do with it, but my kids seem way calmer. They're sleeping longer. They're like a little bit more happy when they wake up. And I'm just getting more participation and less cuckoo-ness. I completely understand like having three kids and household feeling chaotic and needing to employ strategies, right? And knowing that we don't have the answers, right? And somebody like you who've created a program like this, here's some tools. Like it's literally a resource guide, right? It is. It is essentially. I mean, we, like I said, I I love that tactic. I think it's, I think it's brilliant and it's true. I mean, you get, you know, we all know that yelling doesn't work and yet we find ourselves doing it all the time. So it's great if you can make like a conscious effort and that, that you guys are able to implement that is amazing. Um, so it, it, yes, it is basically a tool guide, but it, but it does go a little bit deeper than that um, into the, the why um, the, about how humans are structured, why our psychology is structured this way, why we behave the way we do and the real roots of these, of these things, because uh, you know, my, for myself, my own therapeutic journey, 
I don't think I ever, I, I don't think I ever understood. I, I think that, pardon me, that understanding the why, the big why of why we're built this way really helps me <clears throat> to be able to gain control over the what. Um, so we do that in this, in this, you know, through Cam and Leo's emotion school, we really do a deep dive into the unconscious. Why do we do these things that don't work? Why do we continue to yell, even though we know it doesn't work? Um, and how do we actually stop it on an unconscious level? You know, just playing on your website before our call today, and I, I found that all of it, like the the play piece, the learn piece, the talk piece is like, it's really fabulous. Um, I'm curious to know why it says kids ages seven plus. That's my, I'm curious about the age piece on that. Just out of curiosity, what was the thought around that? So the thought is really that, I mean, there are some resources for kids, uh, mostly books and stuff that are for, for kids a little bit younger. Um, but this, the program specifically was designed for kids seven plus. And the reason is that it's really just an attention span issue. And also it's attention span. And it's also that the material is, is heavy. Like it's not, it's really for adults. I mean, it's for anyone of any age, truthfully, the, the, the content is, but it's, it's, um, you know, it's being imparted in a way that seven-year-olds can metabolize. Um, that said, uh, we have a couple of pre-pilot testers who are five who are doing the program and who love it and really enjoy it and have really benefited from it so far. Um, so it's flexible. I mean, you know, we, we, we were, we're sort of in a very early stage right now where we're pilot testing the program. So we're finding these things out, but generally speaking, it requires about 40, 45 minutes with breaks, mind you, um, but to be able to sit down and learn. So I love this. That's why. I love this. I think this is something everyone needs. Um, and this should be like a basic, you know, this monopoly. And then there's the emotion school, uh, you know, <laughs> me, Cam and Leo. I think it's definitely has to be a household staple moving forward. I love it so much. Um, okay. Tell me about empathy. Cause I'm a big believer in empathy. Empathy is a superpower. Tell me about empathy. Everything there is to know. Uh Let's start. What is empathy for people? Let's go right down to the bottom of the Let's barrel. Let's go right what down to empathy? the bottom of it. So empathy is, it's, it's so interesting. So empathy is, uh, is, is, is being able to really put yourself in, in someone else's shoes and to be able to experience what they're experiencing. Um, and the ability to do that, I think, I think historically we didn't think of it as a skill set. But it, but it actually is. I mean, people who are not naturally, there are people who are naturally empathetic. Um, I'm friends with them. I'm friends with all of them because I gravitate toward people who are like that. But, but if you're not naturally like that, it is a skill that can be acquired. It really is with, with awareness and with practice. It can be acquired. Um, and it really is a superpower. Um, even if you disagree with someone, and again, disagreeing with your kids, or, or, you know, not understanding where they're not really understanding where they're coming from, like totally freaking out about your broken Lego is might not seem rational to you. And the inclination might be to dismiss it. But if you're able to really show empathy to the other person, it really it has the power to quell their big feelings and disarm them faster than anything else. Um, and that's why, that's why I really do think of it as a superpower and a skill that should be honed. I love that. I find <clears throat> I'm, I think some kids are like empathetic to a great extent, right? Like some kids watch movies and they see something where a protagonist goes through something that seems like 
a character building moment and they like can't they're they're so empathetic that they really see themselves in those moments my son being one of those like sometimes we watch a disney movie and he's covering his eyes because he can't watch the <laughs> can't take it he can't take the he's feeling it so much and then mm-hmm. he'll cry to me and say that was the best movie ever because there was some something hard happened and then something beautiful happened right and that empathy moment he's only five maybe that's a maturity thing as you're saying you know six or seven plus is maybe more appropriate um give me one second okay sorry no problem Sorry, my uh, teenage babysitter is at my cottage because uh, she was working with us last two weeks ago. She left her laptop there. These kids are so stupid, man. Oh, no. God. Yeah. So she's like, hey, I need to get into the cottage. So she was obviously FaceTiming me, power calling me, and I had to just tell her to stop. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. I love that. Okay. Power calling. So, okay. Power calling me. I have a new uh, phrase for my mom. That's great. Power calling, yeah. It's when they just don't call it. They just keep calling until they just keep calling until you hang up until until they pick up. Yeah, I love that. Um, Okay, empathy. I'm such an empath, and I feel like for me, it's like it's a curse and a blessing because I feel so deeply for other people. And then, oh my god, I think part of my (laughs) part of my part of the way I sort of cope with my daily grind in my motherhood journey is that I love to share because I find that a lot of people are empathetic. So I know I have a lot of fans and followers and friends who feel deeply when I'm feeling. So part of my therapy, and I was just saying this to somebody, another expert on our, in our halo community was like, some people journal, like that's how they manage their coping. They like write down whatever they're thinking. I share on Instagram. I know that sounds crazy, but like <laughs> I vlog, I video, I video diary, sometimes happy, sometimes sad, sometimes whatever it is. That's how I manifest. To me, that's like my medium, right? It's like some people pen and paste. Some people, you know, get on the Peloton, which I probably should. But like, I I find for me, like just sharing and content creation allows for my empathetic juices to get going. But also I know that inspires other empathy. um, Like empathy from others, right? Empath from others. Yes, that's exactly it. So empathy is a strong one. I completely agree. Um, Well, it's true. I do love your social. I'm attached to you you quite. Thank you so much. I try to, I'm all about the binge worthy stuff these days. I'm trying to make it binge worthy. Um, (laughs) Tell me, okay, let's go to your fifth and final tip here. Your focus is your choice. Reality is determined to a large degree by what we choose to give attention to. Choosing to focus on the positive doesn't make us unrealistic. It's equally legitimate point of view. So give permission to do those rose-colored glasses. Tell me more. Yeah, you well, you you got it. I mean, reality is determined by what we choose to give attention to. And if we give attention to the bad stuff, it tends right. to grow. It tends to grow and grow. And that's true of kids behavior as well. The more attention that you give uh, to something, it will grow. So I apply that philosophy to my, to parenting. Um, I don't entirely ignore bad behavior or anything, but I, but I do address it smartly and in its time. Um, Not everything needs to be done immediately in the moment. And it's not always effective. It's not always the most effective approach to, you know, react. 
um, in the moment. So it, it, I give a lot of attention though to the positive because when I find that when, when you give attention to the positive, that's what grows. When I really, uh, I really pour it on, lay it on thick when my, when I see my kids resolving a conflict on their own, when I see them managing their big emotions and making smart decisions, like walking away, when I see them, you know, being able to wrangle those, those big feelings, I, I, you know, I, I give that uh, a lot of attention. And it's true that what you choose to focus on really is, really is your choice. You can always choose to, to, you know, look at the, look at the negative or see it from a negative perspective, or you can, you can choose to see life from a positive perspective. I definitely choose positive, um, because I want to have a happy life. Um, and I think that a lot of us are not aware that we are, that we, that we can choose, you know, we're, we might be set to autopilot to look at the negative and to focus on the negative in our relationships, both with our, you know, family members or whatever, or w- w- just with the outside world. Um, and it takes, it takes a bit of work to get intentional about focusing on the positive. It is a choice, but, uh, but you need to be able to see the choice before you can make it. Tell me a little bit more when your kids are arguing or fighting, does in your personal experience that inform this and they then solve problem solve, they don't need you to intervene that they're employing some of the strategies that you teach or you preach, um, how does that happen? So you praise, you say, I'm so proud of you in this moment for de-escalating. I'm proud of you for seeing your sister's perspective. Like, give me some of the language you use when you're praising. Yes. I'm so curious. You're, 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 you've got it exactly. That's exactly what I do. Uh, you know, just the other night, um, one of them was annoying the other. And I could see the emotion rising. I could see getting into the, you know, what, what uh I could see them getting into like frustration mode. Um, and she just got up from the table and excused herself. And she went to her room and came back 10 minutes later. You know, she just that's great. took a moment. She removed herself from the situation. She removed herself from the situation. And that's a, that's a really adequate tool. I, and so I congratulated her. I said, amazing, amazing work. You, where you saw, you felt yourself, your emotions rising and you dealt with it head on. Perfect job. Um, so yeah. So I encourage them when they, when they, when they succeed. Definitely. Freaking love that so much. Um, I cannot wait to play the game. I cannot wait to start employing the strategies into my own life. I think it's super relevant and interesting. Um, I find myself with my daughter who's three and she's quite young, but she has huge emotions and she tantrums and she yells, Mm -hmm. she screams. And that's why we're trying to get away from the screaming. And it's like screaming, screaming, screaming. So she gets what she wants. So we started to ignore it entirely. And then we basically decided to, um, uh, praise Essa, praise her, and say thank you so much for asking so nicely. So what we're trying to do is really um, empower those moments where she can change, right? And focus on the choice of, as you say, focus on focus on having the choice of how she asks for things or how she wants things. And to say, like, I know she's three, um, and that's definitely, you know, a moment where she's she's three, like she's still quite young to be regulating emotions, but I'm already seeing in, you know, her young age that she is, uh, moving beyond that. So I cannot wait to get my hands on this product and on the game and that this should be, um, you know, a major part of people's um, toolbox for how to manage these sorts of things. Um, 
Let's take it home, Jenny. If there was one piece of advice you want to give people, what what would you want them to hear today on this podcast if they take nothing else away when it comes to empathy, empathy school, emotions? Let's hear about the emotional, emotion in school and, and how it works. What do you want people to know and hear? Um, I think I think what I the, the number one message that I'd like to give is that it is possible. Like I remember how my family used to function before I created this, before I started to get intentional about fixing it. And it felt hopeless. It felt like we're always going to be entrenched in this garbage dynamic. We're always going to be fighting and there's always, I'm always going to feel the need to escape. I'm never going to be, we're never going to get to the, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And it felt hopeless to me. It felt like, how will we ever get there? And the truth is that if you, if you care to do it and you're, you are willing to invest the time, this uh, Cam and Leo's can be probably other things can be as well. Transformative. These inter, this intervention can really transform the way that the individuals in your household function emotionally and the way that you function together. It is It is possible. It is possible to change. I love that. I think that's such a helpful message. I think for many people, you don't realize that you need these tools until you're knee deep in the trenches of needing them. So I guess, who is this product for? Is it when you notice your family is starting to um, uh, move toward uh, escalation or is this something you do preemptively before you even see those behaviors coming to, to, to the head? That's such an interesting question because I really I'm discovering the uh, the audience as we go, and what I've discovered is that there are there are families that have come to us in crisis mode who are like, I can't take it anymore. I'm stuck at home, you know, during COVID with my kids, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna go postal, you know. So you get people who are on that end who are just like they need to do something. Therapy is not an option, and they need to they need an intervention now, and they want to start this journey now. Um, so there's that. And then there, there, I've encountered other families that are already pretty intentional about, about emotions and they're already quite emotionally aware and literate. Um, but they're looking to take it up a notch. Um, that seems to be the, 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 you know, the sort of two basic types of families that, that approach us, um, and that are testing and that are testing the product right now. Um, so basically it's it's for anyone. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, so let's do this if somebody wants to find you Jenny how do they find Jenny Khazan and uh, Cam and Leo's uh, emotion school um, I encourage anyone who is interested to reach out to me directly um, Jenny at emotionschool.org you can also reach us through our website um, the, the, the product's not available yet to the public we are as I mentioned in the midst of pilot testing it uh, through a university in Australia, which is pretty cool. We're going to quantify the the impact on families over the long term, um, and really, you know, um, uh, and and really, really find out uh, the efficacy. Um, so, but but you can get on the wait list. We're going to be launching very very soon in the in the coming year. Um, so please, please reach out on the website, www.emotionschool.org. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. I love that so much. Well, thank you, Jenny, so much. Please give her a follow. We're going to put everything in the show notes. I, to me, the biggest learning today um, from our conversation, well, there were so many, I don't even know where to start, but um, 
<laughs> I, I really need to focus on the empathy as, as my superpower and to understand that, like, if I find myself in these moments where everyone is yelling, to that we can change these things. And I can't wait to see this product in the hands of many um, and to see how we can help families. I'm super excited. So thank you so much, Jenny. Amazing, Alana. Thank you. It's a pleasure. All the best, everyone. Have a great one. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Sick Kids is helping redefine what's possible in pediatrics. Also, children can lead healthier, happier lives. In 2021, Project Halo raised over $150,000 to help build a new sick kids designed to better serve patients and families. This will include spaces devoted to parents and caregivers, spaces to feel calm, relief, and rest. We are calling on our community again this year to join us in helping build a state-of-the-art hospital. Together, there are no limits to what we can achieve. To learn more and to donate, go to fundraise.sickkidsfoundation.com backslash Project Mom Halo. Thank you for your generosity and support.